Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink happily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 8, Hang On With Me. Hang on, Sloopy. Sloopy, hang on. But it should be Droopy. It should be Eeyore is Mary, right? Yes, Mary is definitely our resonant Eeyore of the family. She's doing her best, though. She's trying to really um, improve her situation, let's say. Improve her standing. Not her attitude, just her standing. Just the standing, please. This episode really lacked enough Janelle for me. I guess we've been Janelle and Christine heavy so far in terms of this season. It's been a lot of Christine. First three episodes were basically just her reiterating over and over again to Cody. We are getting a divorce. I'm leaving. Well, if there wasn't this storyline, what would they have this season? It would have been a lot of COVID protocols. Still. Still. And then just... Completely flipping on that about the reason why we don't actually hang out as a family anymore is because none of us like each other. Yeah, it would have gotten real boring again, let's be honest. But it's not. This episode was, I guess, more of a setup for what we're going to see in the back half of the season. But still, there were some good gems here and there. A segue. Yeah, it's it's kind of setting the table here. We have to get a couple of the pieces lined up so we can actually make some storyline moves here. That's right, because we think the next episode is the knife in the kidneys episode. I would say with absolute certainty that it is the knife in the kidneys episode based on the conversation of Christine selling her house, which is completely out of the blue, comes with no notice whatsoever <laughs> that she's leaving in a week. It's a shock that she's going to move in September. Nobody heard this before. And this episode actually takes place in August, so we're right around the corner from 
that departure there, but we'll get into it here. The TLC description for this episode is Cody deals with the divorce fallout as Christine prepares to leave Flagstaff. Mary and Robin have a heart-to-heart about the future of the family, and Isabel heads off to college. I don't know if I would have called that a heart-to-heart. That was talking some shit. Uh, I was about to call it a mouth-to-mouth, but it wasn't a (laughs) mouth-to-mouth. Please don't call it that. We have that coming up later this season. We still didn't see that. Uh, Yeah, maybe. A heartfelt hug. It's very Michael Scott type of uh, going in for what you think is going to be a kiss and then it's not. Gross. I'm excited to see the context of it. That'll be good. But let's go ahead and hear Carly's episode rewrite description for this one. Cody mourns for all the stuff that Christine is taking from him. Robin begs Mary to stay in an unfulfilling marriage for her benefit. Isabel wonders when she'll see her dad again. When she'll ever see her dad, just in general. That's what I had first, and then I thought that that was maybe a little too mean. A little too on the nose, (laughs) a little too accurate, too real for me. I decided that she had more hope than I did, so. There you go. Okay. I changed that sentence a little bit. Before we jump into the episode, though, we have two voicemails. Have we ever done two voicemails in an episode? I don't think so. I don't think that we do, but we have our legal wives on Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. You have a lot to say this week. Let's go ahead and kick things off with a quick voicemail here from Carolyn. Hi, this is Legal Wife Carolyn, and I'm sure you're getting lots of voicemails about this, but do you think Cody and Mary and Robin went to Logan's wedding this weekend? There are no pictures of them, and the internet's not really clear, so I was just wondering if you could comment that on your next show. Uh, thank you. I love you guys. You do a great job. Bye. Thank you for leaving that voicemail, Carolyn. This was a hot topic over the past week as the photos rolled out from the wedding of Logan and Michelle. Everyone has been parsing through them, trying to find glimpses, background people that are going on in the scenes as well, too, trying to figure out who was there, who wasn't there, put the pieces together. I think the biggest thing that came out of the photos was, number one, Garrison was a beer fairy, which I very much enjoyed. He distributed beer At the beginning of the ceremony. The most weddings would have a flower girl, a child, who walks down the aisle and distributes flower petals for the aisle, whereas there was a creative decision to have Garrison be a beer fairy and distribute beers as he came down the aisle. Which is an important piece of the puzzle because the photograph seen around the world is Garrison handing Cody a beer. And where do you think Cody is sitting at this wedding. Well, he was on the left side of the aisle. Isn't that usually the bride's side? I don't know. Michelle has a really small family, at least in comparison to the Browns. So maybe they tried to just even it out a little bit. So there weren't like 30 people on one side and five people on the other. It's not fair to compare. Yeah. (laughs) But he is not sitting next to Janelle, which is the important thing. This is the wedding of their biological son together And Janelle is sitting up in the front row on the right side, the groom side. Cody's sitting further back on what would traditionally be Michelle's side of the aisle next to Robin. So we know there is photographic evidence and proof that Cody was there at the ceremony. But I haven't I don't seen any know. reception pictures. I didn't see any pictures of him at the reception. I was surprised to see Mary at the reception. She was at the ceremony, too. She was sitting 
up in the front by Janelle. But she was, yeah, both. We got both for Mary. Actually, so Janelle, Mary, and Christine were all sitting in pretty close proximity to one another. And Robin and Cody were the only ones who were kind of separate. All the ex-wives stick together, you know? (laughs) Well, technically, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, there. It took a minute. Slow burn. It took a minute for that to process. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that Janelle and Cody aren't together anymore? Who knows, honestly. There were no real pictures from the reception of Cody with anybody. So, I don't know, maybe Robin's tender age children needed to be tended to and they could only stay for some time. Or they were there lurking in the back, just making evil eyes at everybody who was enjoying themselves. And I think I saw, did we see Brianna and Aurora by Robin and Cody? Yeah, it was just, it looked like Saul and Ari didn't come, which was interesting because Maddie's kids were there. What about Dayton? Yeah, There was no, from what I saw, no Dayton, but I don't know... Thought he was, I had a question mark next to him as well, too. So I wasn't sure. Uh, Dayton wasn't there from what we could see and McKelty, but McKelty is pretty much ready to go into labor with her twins. So super pregnant. I mean, Maddie's pretty pregnant, too, but not with twins. No, and she's not as far along as McKelty is. So that's the tea. Really great pictures. They had a very good venue. Everything looked really nice. It would be nice to see Cody in one of the photos. Well, I feel like maybe the photographer was given instruction to uh, go ahead and you can avoid this guy, this wacko, this weirdo <laughs> over here. Keep him out of as many pictures as he possibly can. I mean, could he have been at the reception if he wasn't in the middle of the dance floor in every photo? That's what makes me think that he probably didn't go to the reception at all because we would have seen him in one of the 30 plus TikToks that I made <laughs> this past week. It got out of control. Should we move on to our second voicemail? Yeah, we have another voicemail here from our legal wife, Erin. This is Erin from Richmond, Virginia, and I'm calling in to say that I think that Cody's behavior this past on the last episode where he was trying to get the state involved and scare Christine um, about Truly's custody, I think he was actually trying to play off her previous fears. She was always the one that was like, they could break up our family. Uh, So I think the the intention was uh, a little bit more malevolent than it originally just seemed dumb. Uh, And then I also want to point out that now that we know about how much help Christine was asking for from him and asked him to put the kids to bed and everything, really makes the 11-day honeymoon with Robin look actually worse than it did at the time. So that's it. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Aaron, for sending in that voicemail. At this point, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that anything that comes out of Cody's mouth at this point in conversation with Christine related to the divorce is an attempt at manipulating her in some way because he can't let her have a win. I think most of the things that he does when it's ill-intentioned can usually be chalked up to being dumb. Well, maybe it's not that the actual thing or the intention is dumb. It's the way that he goes about it is so transparent and obvious that he's not really educated on what he's talking about or that it is a lie is what makes it seem dumb because it's not convincing. Yeah, I don't think he did a good job by any stretch of the imagination. And you are correct. The 11 day honeymoon, not looking good. I know at uh, the time that that aired, not a lot of people saw red flags when that happened. They kind of felt like, well, it's our honeymoon. A lot of people going along honeymoon, but... It's funny that the excuses that Cody uses now for not being able to even go on short trips with the other family members are for Robin's benefit, that that could never happen because he's got small children. But when she wanted to do something back in the day, like go on a ridiculously long honeymoon, 
that was okay. It was okay to leave all the rest of the family at home, including baby Truly. Rules for thee, but not for me. And that's Cody and Robin's way. So thank you to everyone who's left a voicemail. Just know that we have a lot more that came in in the past week. So listen to next week's episode or maybe yours to appear there. And for anyone who's interested in leaving a voicemail, that's, again, where you can leave a thought, an opinion, ask a question. You can do that over on Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. It's about to be the start of a new month, which is the best time to sign up for Patreon to make sure you get all your money's worth for the month. And remember, every dollar that you pledge makes us just a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet, and every little bit helps, except for the basement wife tier. Let's get into this episode because we start right out the gates. They're setting the mood for us. There's a thunderstorm rolling in. It's ominous. It's dark. It's loud. It's an excuse for Janelle to leave the conversation before it even begins because (laughs) we got some weather coming in. So as this storm is occurring, we see Christine very busy packing her garage. But not very efficiently. She's kind of rifling through stuff. Some of these boxes are a little half packed. There's nothing that's actually sealed up, closed, taped shut, or anything like that. Kind of an impromptu slapdash sort of a move. I cannot imagine having to pack an entire house pretty much as one person. Because we know Truly helped to pack her room. Isabel's been packing her stuff to leave. I'm sure Gwen's getting ready for wherever she's going to go once the house is eventually sold. But Well, Cody's not here to help because this is all just getting dumped on him. And at a time when he's... So busy. He has to go officiate his friend's wedding. That (laughs) takes four days of travel. He's going to be out of town. He's going, as Robin says. He's out there going. It's literally the only thing that we've seen him do, that he is just so busy. He can't even come pick up the boxes that Christine went out of her way to pack for him. She packed those first, and they're still in the garage. But Christine knew if she didn't pack those boxes... They never would have been packed. There still would have been Cody stuff all over that place. He'd never get out of there. So Cody stuff is still all over the place, even though Christine has packed most of it. And we go through the whole spiel about how he used to have an individual thing at every house. Because he was talking with Christine about the shop vac in the garage. He bought a shop vac for each house. I'm too cheap to do that. That seems like overkill. Wouldn't you just bring it from house to house if you needed it, if there was an emergency? Keep it at the house that you're going to use it at the most, Robbins. And then... You can take it to the other houses when you need them. It's like a mile drive. They don't live that far away from each other. It's not that crazy. You could walk it over. Because then Christine's pointing out he used to have to go house to house to house. And so we had four of everything. Now all of his stuff is just at Robin's house. So he has quadruple of everything and it's all at Robin's house. That's funny because I feel like Robin also has quadruple of everything for herself. And just yeah, just in her own storage amount of stuff. <laughs> No wonder that house looks like a hoarder house. But again, we only see Robin shit. It was a problem before. We know Robin's had a problem. So if Christine is using this to try to soften the blow, no, no, no. We will not be deceived. No, because I don't think that any of those precious moment dolls belong to Cody. No. And I still haven't seen the bubblegum machine that we kept seeing all over the place in season nine. (laughs) Where did they all go? There were multiple bubblegum machines. I don't think she put them all in a storage unit in Vegas and ended up on Storage Wars. (laughs) That's what Christine should do with Cody's boxes. Yeah. Auction them off. Just in a sorted box. It's a surprise. You find out when you open it. Mystery lot. (laughs) 
It's like those Amazon uh, return bundles <laughs> that you get. You don't know what's going to be in the box. Just a bunch of random crap. It probably is a bunch of random crap. What do you think he's got? Like an old brush from 1995, a couple of books he's never read. A couple of books he pretends to read. He just holds them up, but they don't got pictures. A lot of Costco sweatpants. So Cody's wounded by all of this because Christine's just trying to get rid of so much stuff. She's already been selling stuff. And some of the stuff was his, his stuff. His stuff that he never came to visit, just like his kids. And his third wife. Anyway, <laughs> so Christine's just offering up. Let's do, if you're talking about 50-50 splits about things, how about I just do whatever I'm going to do with this house and then I'll just hand over my share of Coyote Pass to you guys and we'll call it even. Does that sound like a plan? I think that this was ingenious, that she put all the junk in the garage that she knew that he didn't have anywhere to take and that he didn't really actually want. And then she pitched the idea, look, all this stuff, I'll just take it. I'm taking it off your hands. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, that's a good pitch. Yeah. And then you just keep the property. It's a good angle. Stress them out and then rush them into making an emotional decision on the spot there. Yes, that's how you have to do things with Cody because he makes irrational in the moment decisions to avoid having to take responsibility for things. It's true. So she caught him. She knows him and she has to remind him to normally if we're talking 50-50 split, normally it would be the wife having access to 50% of everything. So I would recommend that you take this deal before I start getting petty. I might come for Robin's shit. I probably won't come for Janelle's, but... Well, what does Janelle have? The RV. That's what Janelle has. Don't want it. Does she want that horse sculpture that she keeps hanging over the fireplace? The cowboy boot lamp. <laughs> I think she's good. You want Mary's drafty ass house. Cold, dark, damp museum that she lives in. She's not looking to take anything that has toxic energy with her, so I don't think she wants anything from Mary's house. And that's that's the only thing that Cody gets very defensive about during this conversation is because, no, uh, she will not have access to the other wives' assets. But let's go ahead. Yeah, do we do we sell the house? This is where she pulls another Jedi mind trick on him as well, too, because it seems like, I've talked with a realtor, seems like it'd be the time to sell. It would sell very quickly, and I'd be able to to be out of here in no time. Should we do that? She puts the question to him, make it his decision, so then that way he can't come back to her on it, even though we know goddamn well he's going to come back to her on it next week. <laughs> I personally enjoyed that she mentioned there are only two other houses in this valley that are currently for sale, because we know Janelle is in the RV because she said there were no houses to buy, which Cody did not. Was it rent or buy? Both. There were no houses. There's a housing crisis in America. Again, the synopsis of the sister wife story. And that seems to back this up. Like that story is playing out right here. This can be house number three for sale because Cody agrees. She didn't have to print out a chart, you know, with the line graph of the Vegas market value <laughs> being at the top highest it'll ever be forever to infinity and beyond. She didn't need to do that. All she had to tell him was it's going to sell really quick and I'll be able to sell it and I'll be out of here. And he's like, okay, go for it. So he's happy that they got her lot, but they still have this issue of how they're going to pay it off so that they can actually start building. And I like that Cody accidentally calls Coyote Pass Cody Pass while he's explaining the payoff situation. That was pretty interesting to me. Now we get Janelle's take on this, which you know that she and Christine talked about this before it ever got pitched to Cody. She thinks it's totally fair. Christine is taking the equity in her house. She's giving us the equity in Coyote Pass. And honestly, at this point, it's pretty much even. They're almost worth the same thing. I'd trust Janelle's count. 
She usually knows what's going on with the family finances. She was the one who was pretty much responsible for that. And she's the one who Cody claims is going to benefit from receiving the money from the house had they done this the way that he preferred. And she thinks it's okay. She's fine with the whole idea of Christine taking the money from the house. But I did like where she called out attention to the fact that there was the same amount of money that was utilized, the family's money, same amount went to Christine for her down payment as we used for Cody and Robin's down payment on their house. Oh, so you mean that money wasn't Cody and Robin's money, like he said last week. That they gave to her as a gift. They gifted her a down payment, which if it's a gift, you don't have to You didn't get pay that back. back. Yeah, sorry, bud. Maybe choose your words more carefully, Cody. So we have to analyze the equity value in Christine's house, meaning the amount of the down payment plus the payments that she's made on the house since she's moved in. That amount is essentially equal to the amount that the property is worth on Coyote Pass, or at least the amount that Janelle is valuing it at, so that we can just call it an even split and we can be done with this. She's trying to make money other ways, though, like selling furniture. Bedroom set, in particular, not something that Christine is looking to take with her. What do you think that product description looked like? How did that read? A couple of those lines. Gently used. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Like new condition. Yeah, all the bedroom stuff. It's got to go. Priced to sell. We're selling it. Starting new, starting fresh. We're not bringing any of this old toxic stuff with us. It seems like at this point, everything's resolved, right? We had this big question of what are we going to do with the house? Cody's now agreed that she can go ahead and sell it and that they will basically make it an even trade for the land. But to be honest, Christine didn't actually have to ask Cody or go with whatever he said because her name is the only one on the house and she can legally do whatever she wants with her assets. She was asking for Cody's input to be polite. I don't think that Cody understands the legal ramifications of him having signed the house over to Christine. Because if you all recall, back when Isabel had her surgery, that's when Cody's name came off of Christine's house because they used to both own the house. So I don't know what the pitch was to get him to do that, if it had to do with financing Isabel's surgery, maybe so that his name is off of things so that he can't be held responsible for payments. I don't know. But... His name came off the house, but he still thinks that he has a say in what happens with it. And then we thought that everything was all squared away here on the conversation. It sounded like we made progress. We came to a decision. But then Cody's circling back again. He's still getting shitty about how the equity in the house is the families. But it's not. Because, yeah, they may have used family finances to do the down payment. But Christine made all of those monthly payments on her own after that. Plus, who's to say that Christine's house selling in Vegas, I'm sure that the money from that house went into Cody and Robin's down payment on their house. So where are we drawing the line? When everything's all mixed up in the same pot, you can't pick and choose who gets credit for what. And plus, she's giving up the Coyote Pass lot. That's the trade-off, is that you don't have claim to the equity anymore because you're getting the land back. The irony of this whole argument Cody is making is that part of the issue Christine had with their marriage was that Cody always made everything about the whole family, especially when it comes to her. When it comes to people like Robin, that's not the case. But when it comes to Christine, it's always about 
having to trade her needs, her happiness for the betterment of the family or the need of the family. And he's doing it again here, trying to claim that everything should belong to the family, nothing to her. The big picture. But I also think maybe it's just because with Cody's mindset right now, they can't do anything on Coyote Pass until it's paid off. So that land, it's almost like it doesn't have value to him. So it doesn't count. Even though she's giving up this plot of land that definitely has inherent value, it doesn't mean anything to Cody because he can't do anything with it right now. Bingo. (laughs) That's how his mind works. There's no benefit to her giving him the land. It doesn't matter how many cisterns they put on that plot anymore. (laughs) It's not going to hold value to Cody. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, let's get into what's going on on Coyote Pass because Janelle has been out there. Let's not just say Janelle. It's Janelle and Savannah. Let's not forget her. Yeah, because she's suffering as well. <laughs> they have been... Out in the RV on Coyote Pass for a month now. And it turns out Janelle has some mixed feelings about how this is going. Yeah, they need that cistern now more than ever. (laughs) But is that where she's getting water from? No. So what I remember from things she was posting on Instagram was that they had they'd have a service. Somebody who came out and brought water to them eventually. At this point, it sounds like she's going and filling the water up. I don't know where because she talked about how many tanks it is. Yeah, because they're, they're an eight tank per day and a half family right now. And that's when they're being really conservative with the water. That seems like a lot, but I don't know how to quantify that. Maybe, maybe there are some GI issues going on. Maybe we should dial it back one flush a day. We're only flushing solids. Save them up. <laughs> Just let them. What is it? Linger. If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. <laughs> At least we know Cody was not planning on showering here or it sounded like even using the bathroom. So he's not contributing to the water consumption. But of the eight and a half canisters of water that they're going through, I'm sure somehow Cody's responsible for six of them. <laughs> somehow, just in his brief little visits that he comes by for. So She's got some conflicting feelings, right? On one hand, she gets to wake up and look at that mountain every day. Look at that mountain. Which she really needs right now, I think, because I have a feeling Janelle is at the point in her relationship with Cody where she's getting the look at the mountain conversation. Internally, just with herself, not from anybody else, but she's having a daily look at that mountain moment and she needs it. On the other hand, the RV is a real pain in the ass because of the things we just stated. 
The water in particular, even though Cody mentions pretty much every day there's a new issue that she has to deal with. Right. Yeah. It's this whole segment is basically just Janelle sounding like she's regretting living in the RV, but also simultaneously trying to convince us and herself that this was a good decision somehow. <laughs> and it almost plays out. It's like a metaphor for where she is, her position in the family as well, too. Her struggle with polygamy. Ooh, I like that. We're getting deep now in Just our analysis. Subtext. Because the subtext continues as well, too, because then Cody's talking about how everything about the RV is just a complete inconvenience. But is he actually talking about life in the RV on Coyote Pass? Or is he talking about having to deal with his marriage and wasting time with Janelle that he could be spending with Robin? (laughs) Subtext. Do you think that Robin was sitting on the bench watching the whole time Cody was helping with the water and dragging the trash cans away? I'm sure she had to monitor, supervise, (laughs) oversee in some way. The saddest part of all this is we find out that Savannah's miserable. She doesn't like living out here. The only hope, the only thing that's keeping a glimmer in her eye at this point is the fact that they should be starting to build a house. So I guess no one told her that they have to pay the property off first. I hope you're saving your allowance, Savannah. Get mom to save that grocery money. Because there's no way we're going to get a fajita casita going here anytime soon without it. Real talk question. Do you think that Cody would have taken the garbage to the curb had the cameras not been there? No, he would have been going. Yeah, he would have just gone and gone and gone, been going. Because he reluctantly had to come up with all these different excuses about why he was unable to assist with the garbage at this time. His truck is full. How would they move the trash cans if they didn't have a truck? Janelle just wheels them all the way out to the road. (laughs) Janelle's getting those steps in out there. Brutal. She's going on a hot girl walk all the way to the curb with the trash cans. That's what she had her weather concern. It's going to rain, so I can't haul them all the way up there. Maybe this is what Robin did while Cody was gone. She wasn't sitting on a bench. She was making her way over to Mary's house. The first visitor that Mary has had in a very long time. Because she wants to go talk some shit about Christine's decision to leave. But yes, her royal majesty, Robin herself, is meeting at Mary's house. And Robin sounds a little stuffy. Maybe we got the uh, early onset COVID situation going on here. We saw that in the uh, mid-season preview for the uh, the back half of the season here. Yeah, if I was Mary, I would have asked her to move her chair a little further away. A little further. Can you put your mask back on, please? You can tell right from the beginning of the conversation what Robin's intention is, because the first thing that she says to Mary is, you know, you didn't really say much when Christine made the announcement. And then she just stops because she's waiting for Mary to fill the air with her thoughts and feelings about Christine leaving. Mary's frustrated. The main point of contention here is that they feel like this affects them, too, not just Cody, and that Christine didn't take that into account at all when she made her decision. I did like that Christine had to explain it to the producers where it's like, yeah, it's nobody asks about how sister wives feel during a divorce. But I guess if we had to lump them into a category, we'd basically put them in with the children because the children don't really get a say. It just kind of happens and you deal with it. And I think that's fair. But then Mary and Robin are trying to say this is not fair. They didn't get a say in this. 
what do they think? There needs to be a council that meets when a wife wants to leave and they get to vote as to whether or not she actually gets to exercise free will and do that? Well, of course they want to do that because every time that they would make a family decision, Christine gets the butt end of it. (laughs) They usually did just force her into making whatever decision they wanted to go with. Now Robin starts to drop little breadcrumbs for us that tell us that she knew a lot more about what was going on than she lets on and for a lot longer than maybe other people in the family knew. Because the first thing she says is that she knew that Christine had kicked Cody out of his bedroom, which we all knew as an audience. But of course, Mary had no idea what's happening. Maybe Robin's the only one who watches the show. I don't think so. You don't think so? Do you think Robin watches this show? Do you think she watches it and thinks that she looks really good? That the things she says are really insightful? That the editors like her? Maybe not all of those things, but a few of those things. <laughs> Finds inspirational quotes to pin on her Pinterest boards. She's such an empath, as she claims on Pinterest, that you can really see that coming out here in how she's handling the situation. Basically, the only thing that they can agree on is that this sucks for them. That's what Robin and Mary can both come to terms with. Well, Mary is angry about it, but not for the reasons that Robin thinks she's angry about it, which really the issue here for Mary is that Cody didn't even fight for Christine. He didn't even make an effort to try to get her to stay when she decided she wanted to go. And she's interpreting that as maybe he would do the same thing with her if she decided that she wanted to try to leave. Oh, she already knows that Cody has not fought for her, so just to see that he would let it get so bad that Christine would leave. It's a little disheartening for where Mary's at with her relationship with Cody. Well, also, is there any point to Mary doing what she's doing then? Because my opinion has always been that Mary is sticking it out because she thinks that at some point, showing her loyalty to Cody by sticking around despite him really not giving her any attention or giving a fuck about her, to be frank about it, is going to pay off and that he is going to come back round. But it seems like there's no point in giving him your loyalty because he's not willing to fight for anybody. He's not going to beg anybody to stay. He's not going to put work in to make it better. So Mary's feeling betrayed, but she can't even imagine what Cody must be feeling at this point. So Robin lets her know he's a mess. Robin knows what Cody's feeling because she is his emotional regulator. She's afraid that Cody is going to ruin all of his relationships. Because he's at this point now where he's questioning if he can trust anyone. What Christine has done has just cut him so deep. Then how can he trust if any of his wives have good intentions? He's paranoid. He's angry. He really needs to focus on keeping all these other relationships intact because he's at risk. He might blow it here. One thing I did agree with Cody on was he said he needed time to mourn his marriage. Which I do feel like when something like this happens in someone's life, they do deserve to have a period where you're processing the situation. Maybe you have emotions about it, like anger, you're sad, you're upset. And it seems like Robin finds those emotions to be inconvenient because she would rather have things be status quo at her house. And she doesn't like that she has to deal with this right now. Mary has a whole bunch of other questions that are popping up in her head, though, because now she's looking back on everything and she's wondering, has this all just been a lie? Did Christine lie to join our family? What did she have to gain from this situation? Because Christine always said that she wanted the family more than the man. Remember, that was in her intro for so long. I feel like this was probably the craziest thing that got said this episode. 
Why did she come into the family just to destroy us like this? (laughs) As though Christine did not prove for years her commitment to the family and to making things work and to being a good sister wife and to be, you know, a submissive wife to her husband until she literally couldn't handle it anymore. That was always the plan from day one, Mary, was the slow burn 27-year marriage to end it in divorce and leave. That was the play. With almost no assets because Cody definitely wouldn't have given her the money for the house if his name had still been on it. So what is the benefit of that? What are you questioning here, Mary? Of course that's not the angle. The hilarity of the fact that she's thinking that about Christine when she's having a conversation with Robin who just came from her million-dollar mansion, <laughs> the one who has made out the best in this situation, but we're questioning Christine's motives. You're questioning the wrong intentions, the wrong wife. Please steer your attention elsewhere. She really does have a bad judge of character. Bad judge of character, Mary. This is where Christine has to point out, she agreed to be a sister wife, meaning an equal wife. Which that's something that we hear from Janelle in the second half of season 17 preview. So we know that Christine and Janelle are on the same page. Then Cody has to butt in here. He says, yeah, she wanted to be more than an equal wife, though. It wasn't about being equal. She just needed so much more than that. She wanted to be the favorite, essentially. And she wanted love without giving love Oh, this was where I got confused because I thought he was talking about Mary. He just kept saying she. (laughs) And I assumed for a second he was talking about Mary. And I was like, oh, wait, no, maybe he is talking about Christine. You know what? I would buy the Mary wanted love without giving love thing. I guarantee But not Christine. Oh, and then she had to have status. So, yeah, she needed to be the favorite wife. It's just a lot of ridiculous accusations being thrown around at this point. And did you notice that Robin somehow had the ability to get Mary to say a whole lot of shit that looked bad for Mary when Robin really didn't say much until this point in the conversation. She just let Mary dump it all out. Yeah, but then Robin does decide to chime in and she basically just embodies the sunken cost fallacy in human form here. You've invested so much. How can you just let that go? Because when you realize it's a toxic system and there's nothing that's benefiting you and you have to leave, it's worth leaving at that point. Because no matter how much you put into it, it's never going to get better. Right. It wasn't what it was at one point anymore. That's the whole issue. That is the crux of the problem. And Christine was the one who invested the most of everyone, I would say. She gave the most of herself to make the family work. And then when she had to pull back and not do that as much, and it became other people's responsibility to step up, that's when things started to crumble. So Mary and Robin, they are slowly trying to come to terms with this, but they're still struggling their way through it here. But Robin knew from that conversation where Christine told them all that she was leaving Cody, Robin could just tell Christine was done with this relationship. She had that look about her. Not because Christine told them that she's leaving Cody and that they're getting divorced. That's not why. Robin recognizes divorce intentions because she's known that. What's funny about that is, didn't Robin's husband file for divorce, not the other way around? I can neither confirm nor deny that. (laughs) I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's true. I believe it. So maybe she recognizes it from seeing it in the face of her first husband. 
Mary recognizes it because Cody has given up on her relationship. So she could see that Cody was checked out because he's looking at Christine the way he looks at Mary on the murder tarp. He claims he didn't do that, though. He didn't give up on Mary. No, 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 no. Let's let's really split a hair here. He came to the realization that they couldn't function as a couple anymore. So it wasn't worth investing the time and energy to fix things because it just wasn't going to happen. Right. We can choose to get along, but we'll never be together as a couple ever again. I really hope Mary watches this and just decides to leave because there's no hope. There's no point in being here. But this isn't the first time Mary's been asked that question. People are asking her all the time. Why are you staying with this man, this crazy person? She really doesn't give a good enough answer. She says she's prayed on it and she feels peace with it. She's prayed on it. She thinks about it. She's meditated on it all the time and come to peace with that. Also, okay, well, Christine did the same thing and didn't come to peace with it. So she decided to leave. So what's your problem? Why is that okay? Why is yours okay and hers isn't? Robin is clearly worried about Mary potentially making the same step. She's starting to see the divorce sensing it here. She's sensing that energy. And she can't have that happening because Mary and her big fat wallet belong with them in this family. I have a theory, though, about Robin and why she is begging Mary to stay. Literally begging her. Hold on with me. I think that Robin is terrified of being alone in a marriage with a man. Not even with Cody, just specifically. Oh, just generally. After the way her first marriage went, I think that she, I think that's why she wants sister wives, right? Because there's really, she doesn't really seem to have the same commitment level to having sister wives that say Christine did at the beginning. I think the benefit to her of being in plural marriage is she likes things the way it is, where she's the favorite, her kids get all the attention, she doesn't have to want for anything. But she has the security of having other people involved in the family who can check her husband when needed. Four incomes. She likes having four other incomes. That's that's true, too. That's the big one. Because (laughs) she says repeatedly that the reason that she is doing this and still did this at the time when she decided to join the family was what she could give her kids. Kind of mentions the experience of polygamy but then mostly is talking about the things that she could provide for her kids. Yeah, the thing I didn't understand was where she mentioned, like, Ari's only five. She's not even going to get to experience it. There's still Mary. There's still Janelle. You still have sister wives. So what do you mean she's not going to experience polygamy? You're still in a polygamist relationship. Christine was the only one who was doing stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, they're not going to experience that. And, of course, she wanted it for herself, too, because she had other choices, which she really has seemed to like to remind us of. I wonder if she reminds Cody of that on a regular basis. It seems like something that she holds over the other sister wives. It's not something she can threaten Cody with. That's too direct. Then the quote of the episode, I have to watch as they destroy what I wanted. The watcher is watching it be destroyed. (laughs) You know what, bitch? They had to watch you destroy what they had. How about that? You did it first. That's true. Because then she keeps telling Mary, we got to rebuild. We got to rebuild. We gotta rebuild. Hold on with me. Rebuild. Rebuild what? You didn't build anything. There's nothing on the land. (laughs) We've already established that. Well, and the family hasn't been what it was for years now. Is that what you're trying to rebuild? Because the dynamic is completely different. Robin, you have to leave for us to rebuild back to what we had. Then she tells us she would never do anything to hurt this family, which I just want to point out is aside from 
keeping secrets with Cody that hurt her sister wives, like when she had him choose her wedding dress, going on an 11-day honeymoon when Cody had a newborn at home, getting pregnant when the family had just been uprooted from living in Lehigh and had limited resources, convincing them to invest their retirement money into a hobby business, then abandoning it to get pregnant again, never contributing financially but living beyond her means, being the first to jump on board with the Flagstaff move because it benefited her, demanding Cody spend more time with her because she has little kids, despite the fact that Christine has a little kid of the same age. So I think think we have a pretty good list right there. Yeah, because anytime you have to say that you would never do anything to hurt this family, that's not a sentence that you'd have to speak out loud if it were actually true. It's usually not something you have to say or state. Because you wouldn't be accused of it. Because there would never be, we already know what your intentions are. So to just have to say that to reassure everybody, that's where it's sketchy because you can say whatever you want to say, but... The actions that you're doing, the decisions that you make, speak louder than any of the words that you're trying to sugarcoat. Now with this conversation with Mary, Robin goes from on the couch making it about herself to telling Mary that she really admires that she is not making it about herself and Cody, which is clearly meant to be a jab at Christine for not thinking of the full family and just thinking of her relationship with Cody. But then we have a shift here, too, because then as Robin is begging Mary to stay, she says in her confessional interview, then immediately after, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't blame Mary if she did leave. So how is that different from Christine? Christine was put in the exact same situation that Mary has been to the point that Cody was using the same language he has used in arguments with Mary about why he could not continue to have a relationship with her or as deep of a relationship as she had wanted. How is that different? Why doesn't Christine get the right to leave? Because she didn't try hard enough, apparently, according to Robin's sliding scale of what you need to do in order to be divorced. Then we have to have a little gal kiki time where we're talking about the hypocrisy of plural marriage in that Cody, whenever asked about putting himself in their shoes, if he were to have a brother husband, just can't imagine doing that. Right, and this is where Mary's kind of come to terms with this because jealousy is a normal thing, but it is a feeling. It's a feeling. You just have to process through it. Sometimes you're aware that it's there, but Cody would always hang it over her head. He would always blame her and accuse her of the jealousy and treat it like a bad thing. But Mary had to remind him multiple times, well, I am a human being and I have these things called feelings. (laughs) More than one feeling, not just anger. I have a whole range of human emotion programmed inside of me. Cody then talks about like, oh, no, like I wouldn't experience any feelings of jealousy after we watched the flashback to his anniversary with Mary in the Quasimodo bell tower. It's it sickens him. It sickens him to think about Mary being with another man. The vulgarity of it. But now he seems to think that if he had a brother husband, they would just be broing it out. They'd be playing video games all day, high fiving each other. Well, I think that's just Cody's fantasy. Right, Because in theory, it's like getting a dog or having a baby. You think about all the good things that it would bring into your life. You don't think about coming home one day and having the pillows shredded up and finding, you know, walking in, there's pee and poop all over the floor. <laughs> Is and it the dog or the brother husband? Uh, the baby, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just shredded. <laughs> it would be one of Robin's spirit babies. Yeah. You know that Cody's first pick for brother husband is Caleb. There's no way it's not. But then that would 
that would be going weird, technically, by their definition. Okay, let's move away from that thought. On to an interesting tidbit that Robin adds about how Cody gets weird when she talks about her ex. Yeah, because this is where we've addressed how the sister wives are dealing with this. We've addressed how Cody's dealing with this. We've addressed how this directly impacts Robin and Mary and what this means for them and how it's fucking up their family dynamic as well, too. But what about the kids? What about the goddamn kids? That's what this has always been about. Mary has to remind Robin that she literally asked this question when they had the family gathering about the announcement and that Christine said that the kids were all on board for it and really didn't care. And that's where Robin hit us with the that face, that reaction. <laughs> and I just, I want a gif of that. She thinks that it's because they're only getting one side of the story, to which I say, Robin, they lived the story firsthand. They saw how Christine was treated. They saw how Cody has treated them. And they have made peace with this decision. Now, see what I made note of, because she's pointing out, what does that prove? Oh, they're only getting one side of the story. Robin's very familiar with that tactic. (laughs) If you only control the narrative, then you control the dynamic here that's happening and the response from it as well. I have a feeling her kids never got Preston's side of the story. I get that feeling just from the footage that we saw in season nine. Cody's pissed because no one even asked him for his side of the story. He gave it to Robin. He gave it to Mary. I don't know. Maybe Janelle. He can't even remember if he told Janelle. We can lump her in there generally. I'm sure she's heard it through. The rumor mill. Through the rumor mill. The group texts. (laughs) Mostly she mixes it up with Christine's side because she's getting Christine's side a lot. Well, it's funny because Christine then says, well, I never had anyone call me aside from Janelle. So apparently Robin and Mary did not go out of their way to hear her side of the story. I thought that was interesting where Robin had to sit down with Mary to find out how Mary feels about this. But neither Robin nor Mary called Christine to directly ask her about her perspective. So it's almost like Robin and Mary are the ones are only getting one side of the story as well. Well, well, I don't know, because Robin then drops that bomb for us about how Christine was thinking about leaving before they even moved to Flagstaff. So I don't know if she heard that through a rumor mill or if those were from conversations she had with Christine. I don't think so. I think Cody's confused about which wives are in the rumor mills or which rumor mills are running about. Because, yeah, Mary was suspecting... Maybe this was a possibility of Christine trying to leave. This is prior to the Flagstaff move. And Robin confirmed it. She spilled the beans. She's been talking about leaving for a long, long time. And Robin, being the true sister wife that she is, she's always wanted Christine to be happy, but she just wouldn't shut up. (laughs) She just wouldn't leave well enough alone to just be quiet and be happy the way that Robin needed her to be. I don't feel like... Christine had a conversation with Robin where she said that. Not at all. I think that Robin and Cody have come to the conclusion that Christine bought a house when they moved to Flagstaff because she had this long con of eventually selling the house when she would want to move. It was inevitable. Also, at least within this, we are dispelling the idea that COVID or the move to Flagstaff had anything to do with it because the truth is they've had a bad relationship for a long time, to which I say okay, Robin, then didn't they have a long time to work on things? So how come none of her arguments make sense? They all contradict one another. This is where it gets weird. 
too, because it was already getting weird. And then Robin starts talking about how she wishes that Christine would just be comfortable enough to build on Coyote Pass. You can date people there. You can start fresh, start new. On Coyote Pass. On Coyote Pass. Just, that's fine. Why? Why would anybody be okay with that? That is weird. (laughs) I also don't know why they seem to think that the first priority Christine has is to start dating another man. Yeah, because Cody was suspecting that too. Yeah, she's moving to Utah to get away, to be closer to her family, and then find a new husband. Because how could a woman survive without a husband? We know Robin was circling the drain (laughs) back in 2009. She was right on the brink. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Christine since she's had to function without a husband for many years now. For real. And I will clarify what I said too, because Robin's wishing that Christine would build a house on Coyote Pass and date there. It is weird to ask Christine to do that, but they're also kind of asking Mary to do that. Well, it sounds like next episode or in a coming episode, Cody is very open to the idea of Mary just finding someone else and moving on. I was going to say minus the dating, but okay, apparently, nope, that's going to come up too. So this seems to be Robin's design now is that then you start off as sister wives and then eventually the best wife is selected and then all the other wives go out and find their own husbands later on in life. I don't know what we could call that as a process, <laughs> a, a metamorphosis that happens for the sister-wife relationship. I think that's called real estate investing, right? Because all they get is property out of it. Yeah. Robin just doesn't want to hurt the value of the neighborhood that they're trying to build here. Mary's like not really understanding this vision either, because first of all, she is so hurt by Christine right now that she can't even imagine living on the property with her. And she doesn't really get why Robin is so open to this. And we had a little zing from Robin back to her about how, well, you know, she's had to really come to peace with this whole thing because Mary is the one who got her thinking about it. I've spent years coming up with alternative solutions and setups because of your involvement with the catfish, Mary. This is your fault. The saddest thing is the catfish not having turned out to be real. That is a bummer because I would have paid to see that season. Because <laughs> you'd have a whole season that's like built in the format of like an episode of Cheaters. <laughs> and then you're like hiding the <laughs> hiding the cameras around places. We're trying to catch Mary in the act. Maybe not in the act. <laughs> Sometimes you do. <laughs> Sometimes that happens on Sometimes Cheaters. Sometimes, yeah, they got to blur it out. The moral of this story is we should all feel bad for Robin. She's the victim here, the true victim of it all, because now she has to deal with Cody and their marriage is in the worst place that it has ever been. All because everyone else is just fucking things up for her. Stop ruining this for me. I have a good thing going. Can't we just keep it going the way it is? Mary's in full denial. She will never admit that plural marriage is the problem and you don't have to. We already know. Is it plural marriage or is it Robin and Cody? It's both. 50-50. 50-50. The next segment was kind of a throwaway, to be honest, because it's just Cody on a road trip with Brian, which is kind of insulting since we see later on that Izzy is leaving for her road trip to go to school. So here we have Cody and Brian broing it out after they went to a sportsman show. Doing some business and listening to the pod in the car, I assume. Because Brian makes the uh, surviving joke. Is he surviving sister wives? I don't know. Cody really yucked it up to that. (laughs) Surviving. Surviving. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe they're listening to a couple episodes. They're just making lame jokes about what it's like to be married. Cody's sharing his demons with Brian. He's dumping everything on him. He's also apologizing for almost ruining his wedding day by trying to get him to cancel the wedding at the last moment. He didn't apologize for those dance moves, though, which is probably what he should be apologizing for. And we just find out that Brian's kind of bummed about it because he's known Christine for a long time, too. And he considers her a friend. So this kind of sucks seeing your friends going through a divorce. Right. And what does that say as society as a whole? This is where Cody really goes meta with it. Society's telling us that half of us are making the wrong choice. 50% chance. Because again, Cody's very into 50-50. That is the theme for the season for him. I don't like the way that's phrased. They're making the wrong choice. Is it that you are not selecting the quote unquote right person? Or that people evolve and change over time and that you have to put an effort into maintaining a relationship with that person, which is the part that he failed at. Well, and I think Cody's got to step it up here because I think he's getting close to the 25% range because (laughs) we've already lost Christine. Mary doesn't count and Janelle's teetering on the edge. So you're very barely hanging on to 50% right now. We cut to Christine, who is having an amazing day because she just sold her bed. She didn't want to take any of this yucky energy, negative stuff with her. She's starting all over. She's got her halo hanging from the corner of her four-post bed. (laughs) I love that she said she laid just in the center of this king-size bed for the last time. And she thought about all the good times, which we know our freaky bitch did. Oh, yeah. And then she thought about all of the hard times. Which... Some of the good times were the hard times. (laughs) I'm sure there had to be a little bit of crossover on some of those. We also find out that she gave birth to some of the kids in this bed. Okay, because when she was first talking about the bed, I was like, what happened in this bed where she's just going into this whole tirade about all of these things? And I was like, oh, my God, she's had this bed for a really long time, I guess. I hope it's not the same mattress. You're supposed to change your mattress every once in a while, Christine. <laughs> People be all upset every about ten the years. Birth. Every ten years. Well, yeah, she gave birth to a couple of children in this bed. I don't think it's gently used at that point. Also, we know that she breaks in her beds. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there there are a couple of scratches in the wood around the the posts. A couple of notches. <laughs> But yeah, she's really looking back. She's reflecting. This is where she kind of gets hit with a moment here. She gave her best years to Cody, and he basically just shrugged his shoulders at her. So she's hoping she can find love again. She's hoping to eventually maybe be in a relationship with somebody who wants to be married to her, who is attracted to her. But she doesn't know if that's even something that's in the cards for her. But what she does know is that she would rather be alone and love herself than to be with somebody who doesn't love her. Inspiration for a Lizzo song right there. (laughs) You write a whole album with Christine's story. So when Cody hears that, he's like, well, I gave my best years of my life to Christine, too. I don't think so. What were Cody's best years? He peaked in high school. He peaked in high school. I was going to say when he won state. But he also gave those best years to Mary and Janelle. And I guess you can argue if he was still having his best years by the time Robin came around. No, 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 no. He's having his golden years now. His best years. Mary tricked him into spoiling his best years on Mary. I can't wait to find out what Janelle did. It's coming soon. Oh, man. Yeah, it's he's going to. They've never been married. Is what That's going to be the plot twist with that one. 
Janelle tricked him with her pragmatic approach and her logic. That made him just the sperm donor. There's no love here. Which, She's the one who rejected the, him first. And when there's no love, there's no trust. And when there's no trust, there's no smexin. Oh, no. The angle there will be that they are brother and sister. It got weird for me. We went weird. And I could only muster it for, you know, seven kids. <laughs> then it really caught up with me at once. Let's wrap this up because today is the day. They are leaving to bring Isabel to North Carolina where she is going to live with Maddie and Caleb and go to college. Isabel is excited, but Christine suspects she's probably putting on a brave face here, focusing on the excitement, probably a little nervous. But they're packing up. They're going to be driving across the country. And then Christine and Truly is going to be staying with her for 10 days or so, help her get settled in in North Carolina. She's a little worried about it because she's leaving Flagstaff. She has friends that she's made here and she's leaving her dad, who she knows is not going to go out of his way to go visit her ever. I'm oh, sure. yeah, he's not coming to the East Coast. Oh, well, oh, he's not coming on the trip at all. Well, no, I, I was saying merely just to stay in touch <laughs> and to stay in contact. And Isabel is really hedging her bets because she's like, what's the way that I can get time with dad? I'm going to go live with Caleb. He's bound to visit. He's bound to go there at some point. And then I could spend time with him, too, while he's there. It's a good thought. I like where your head's at, Isabel. Now we get the family talking about how much they're going to miss her. First, we start with Truly. She's sad about it, but she realizes there's this invention called phones. So she's going to give Izzy a call when she misses her, which is something that maybe someone could tell Cody about. Yeah, the ability to stay in touch in modern times. (laughs) Gwen made me the saddest because she says Isabel's her favorite sister, if you're even allowed to say that kind of thing. And so it's just not going to be the same without her in the house. Well, it gets different, especially growing up in such a big family as your individual family unit gets kind of smaller and smaller over the years. You do form those tighter bonds. And they're close in age. Very so relatable. There's that too. Yeah. Janelle's pointing out Isabel's had a rough experience with her parents' relationship. That's been her example of love over the past few years. Maybe there's going to be some healing going on. Send her out to Maddie and Caleb's, see a monogamous couple. There's a husband there. He's focused on his wife, focused on the children. It is possible. It's out there. I almost wonder if that would be more hurtful to again see the parallel of how different your life experience could have been had your parents not lived polygamy. Well, then Cody has to take a shot here because he wasn't exposing these marriage troubles to the kids back when they were in Vegas. Not that he can speak for any of his bitch wives. (laughs) But I love that he doesn't think that kids pick up on that stuff. Like, clearly, his children, if nothing else, noticed that the other kids in Robin's house were receiving more attention than they received. At the very least, they definitely experienced that. I think the cul de sac was detrimental. I mean, as great as the setup was, but thinking about it right now in this moment, I think what it ended up doing was. Cody just stayed at Robin's house all the time because he was like, eh, I'm in the cul-de-sac. I'm right here. I'm as close as I need to be. If you need me, I'm let right me know. here. Yeah, I'm right next door. Same diff. That's a good point. And I guess also we've always talked about how difficult it is for the wives to see Cody be at another house. But how about the children seeing Cody be elsewhere when they're not getting the same level of attention? I guess in practice, if it was all equal, Fine, but it wasn't. Didn't seem to be, but Cody's here today and he's going to help pack up the car 
Isabel and Christine are up front. They're going to have room in the car. Truly is crammed in the back seat with all the stuff. She's really not excited about going on this trip. Truly is not thrilled. To which I ask, why is Truly going with them? How come she is not spending some time in her new bedroom at Robin and Cody's house? Because that's still under construction. (laughs) We haven't got the proper permits. We have to pay off the house before we're able to build another bedroom. That was a Coyote Pass joke. (laughs) Did you like how Cody was just like pushing on the stuff in the back of the trunk because he had to feel like he had some type of contribution that he made to it? Yeah, because come to find out, he didn't really do too much helping with the packing aspect either because probably because he wasn't there. Surprise. But Isabel was pointing out that Cody would probably prefer to pack it his way, but they had to pack the car. It's just so sad that this kid is going away to college after so much that she's been through and her dad basically just showed up when they were about to pull out of the driveway to say goodbye. Yep, that's pretty much it. Just bare minimum. Because why can't Cody come on the trip? Well, of course, because he has a lot of other children, 18 kids to be specific, even though he only sees five of them and COVID's still a thing. But it wasn't when he went to Brian's wedding. So that's where I have a problem because Isabel's understanding is that COVID. COVID is the reason why Cody can't come on this trip. I'm assuming that's probably what he told her was the protocols, was the risk, was being away from the family. But we literally saw him last week in last week's episode go and officiate Brian's wedding a couple states away. He was gone for four days. And we know that that hurt Isabel's feelings. So to then use the opposite logic that you can't come on a trip Because of COVID, when you just made an exception to go do that for something else, for someone who wasn't one of your children, and it upset your kid because she went right back to her surgery, why are you doing it to her again? What was my suspicion? He was going to use COVID as an excuse, but the main reason is because he didn't want to go on a car ride with Christine, and that is exactly what he says. Right, which is fair, but why don't you just tell your kid that that is why? She is 18 years old. Why can you not say to her, mom and I are going through a lot right now with the fact that the divorce is happening and I don't feel comfortable going on a road trip with her. Because he's not able to be emotionally vulnerable with any of Christine's children. I know, I know. But it's just, it's again, something that is so clear to your kids that you're a liar. But here's my thing too, is there are so many other circumstances that we could have finagled for this process. We could drive separately. We could take two cars. That car was loaded up. If you want to not spend time in a car with Christine, guess what? Then Truly can ride with you for a little bit and then switch it up at a rest stop. And Isabel can ride with you. And then it's one-on-one time in a car with your daughters along the way. You could have done that. I think that's Cody's nightmare. I think it is. But then, okay, worst case scenario, we know he's safe at Robin's house truly doesn't want to get crammed in the back of this car and buried under all of the stuff when they stop at every red light. (laughs) So why can't truly come to Robin's house and stay there for a little while? Why couldn't he have just taken a flight and gone out to North Carolina and met them there and stayed for just a couple of days? Well, I think the road trip aspect is an adventure part of it. It's part of the process as well, too. It's not just getting there. I agree, but I'm thinking his argument would then be, I can't have that much time away from everybody. The time it takes to drive, I can't do. So let's eliminate that. Then get on a plane and fly. Well, we could take four days. 
You don't have to be there for the 10 days afterwards. I'm saying do the drive, which you could do that over up to four days, and then... That's eight days, though, round trip. Oh, okay. That's too long. He's lucky if he even gets out of Robin's house for 48 hours. There's a curse on him. How long is the drive? It's a long drive. Can you do it in two days? Like 30 hours. I think it's a little more because I think she lives further towards the East Coast. Oh, man. So with Brown family travel time, that's 60 hours minimum, (laughs) at least. I wouldn't take him with me anyway because you know they're going to get a flat tire if Cody comes. Yeah, they did load up that little car pretty good. Running the risk of a flat now at this point. But what I'm saying is there's some other workarounds. There's so many options that you could have been involved in, but he just can't be honest with what he was actually feeling in that moment. Couldn't be vulnerable. Didn't want to share that. So you just get chucked to the side again. Well, and it's another example of how Cody is taking out his frustrations with one of his wives and the situation on their children. And here's the thing, too, is... Christine's children don't react with tantrums or emotional outbursts, which I assume Robin's children do. (laughs) So Cody doesn't know that it's a problem. He thinks it's fine because the way that Isabel reacts is she's trying to make sure that Cody doesn't have a meltdown of her getting upset. So she gets to stuff her feelings down, doesn't address that. Because she has to keep Cody calm so that he doesn't have anything stacked on top here. But that's something that people do with narcissists. Correct. That's a thing that you naturally learn is to not display your emotions as to upset them. Why do you think I know so much about this? (laughs) This is from personal experience. So, yes, I can very much relate to Isabel in this scenario. The saddest part of the episode by far is when Christine tells us that the hardest part of her whole life is that her kids don't have a good relationship with their dad and that he doesn't even know her kids. But then the real heartbreaking moment here for me too was pointing out that he doesn't know his kids. That was sad. But then the fact that she also follows it up with, and they don't know how amazing he is either. The fact that she dug that deep to come out with a compliment right there. (laughs) Wow. I don't know how much of a good person you have to be to do that because he has been a real piece of shit for real long to be able to say, you know, Cody was an amazing guy at one point. And I think it's really sad that my kids don't know why I chose him to be their father. Well, and it takes a special ability to be able to compliment somebody. And that is what ultimately injures them as well. (laughs) Because you're cutting deep by complimenting about like, you used to be really awesome. And I wish that my kids would know that, or I wish that you would have the capacity to be your full father self with them. I've seen it. Then we watch Izzy drive off out of the driveway for the last time. They're setting out to go towards North Carolina, and she's crying because she doesn't know when she's going to see Cody again. She doesn't know when she's going to come back to Flagstaff. And they really didn't get to spend as much time together as either of them would have liked. She gives him a lot of credit. That I don't think he deserves. He doesn't deserve it. Yeah, because all he has is excuses. Again, it's he has 18 kids. He's spread really thin. It's not always an easy connection to make. And Christine's feeling kind of the same way that Isabel is because she doesn't know when the next time she's going to see Isabel is. That's what's upsetting her. And then she's about to move. She's going to go to Utah. And her whole life is just so uncertain at this point that it's hard to say goodbye in that circumstance. It's all unknown. 
Next episode, after dropping off Isabel in North Carolina, Christine tells her emotional sister wives that her house is under contract and she's moving to Utah in a week. Then Cody reveals that he no longer considers himself married to Mary. Yeah, that came out of left field. Nobody asked him either. He probably just sat down on the couch one day and started firing off at the producer and they were like, whoa, we weren't ready for this. How did Robin not make the episode description? She's the emotional sister wife. (laughs) She's throwing out things like Christine's not actually divorced because she didn't go to a council of men to tell her that it was okay to do that. And that she has to apparently sleep with another man to break the bond of her marriage to Cody. It's the only way to break the spell. (laughs) If you believe that sort of thing. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.